Hello everyone and welcome to Get That Grad Job. This is a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Uh, today's theme is what I wish I'd known. Um, I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests with me today. Uh, do you want to just all introduce yourselves? So hello everyone, my name's Sarah Fox. I'm currently the Director of Employability um, in the Central Careers Team at Lancaster University. Um, and um, I manage three great teams that are here to help um, students and graduates um, get to where they want to be. And the work includes um, all kinds of different opportunities like employer events on campus, workshops, teaching in the curriculum, um, and yeah, just managing a great team. Thank you. Hi, I'm Diane Richardson. I'm the Quality and Information Manager within the Central Careers team. Um, this is a team responsible for one-to-one advice appointments, drop-ins. Um, we facilitate all of the Central workshops and the Lancaster Award as well. Thanks. Vicky? Hi everyone, I'm Vicky Metcalf. I am one of the careers coaches within the management school at Lancaster. I look after specifically students who are interested in going into marketing and the creative industries, but I'm part of the team who do in-curriculum, one-to-one appointments, dropping clinics, employer events, all for focusing on kind of management school students. Fab. Thank you everyone and I'm really thankful for you joining me today. Um, so firstly, could you just tell us what you studied when you were at uni and about your first job after you graduated? So when I was at university I studied a degree in environmental sciences and then I did a master's in ecology and the first job um, after the master's degree was working for um, these, uh, a company which was a scientific recruitment consultancy um, and I did that for about two and a half years. The reason I went into that job was because I contacted them wanting a job and they said never mind finding something we need somebody here right now and you're local in you come. That's cool. Nice. Um, so my degree was in social policy, which I absolutely loved. But when I finished that, I wasn't fully sure what I wanted to do. So um, I chose to do a master's in applied social research, which I found really interesting and really useful as well. And that led on really um, nicely to my first job, which was a research assistant at the University of Central Lancashire. Nice. My degree was in German studies at Lancaster. My first job after that was on the information desk in Terminal 2 at Heathrow, which doesn't sound very glamorous, but essentially I was really, really interested in working within aviation. There was a, at the time, there was a TV show on all about Heathrow, and I just loved the idea of kind of marching around airports and making sure that they ran efficiently and properly, not that they ever do. Um, so when I was in my final year, I basically sent CVs and cover letters to every airline, every airport up and down the country and Heathrow every year at the time always recruited for seasonal staff on their information desks and because I had a language it meant I got a job working on the info desk in Terminal 2 and it was basically I was there for about 18 months and it was the start of a 10-year career in aviation so not glamorous very ugly uniform but <laughs> lots of fun and the start of a, a long and in inverted commas successful career in aviation I think. Mm, that's cool. It paid on my desk as well because it was brilliantly well paid considering it was just a customer service job. It had London waiting and we had shift pay, so it was fantastic. <laughs> Probably less of an issue in your day. <laughs> More uh, of an issue now. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> yes. It was still a fairly hefty overdraft desk, but it, it was gone fairly quickly. It's really interesting to see how we've all done different things when we've started 
our jobs. And I think that's quite standard for students and graduates, actually. I think there's lots of different ways to get into different jobs. And actually, um, in the future, in one of our future podcasts, we're going to look at different ways to um, get into a job. And um, so watch out for that one when it comes uh, later in the year. Um, so actually, um, having done a little bit of research, I don't know if you've seen this online, anyone, but research suggests that you probably have, on average, about five different careers. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about the different careers that you've had, if you've had different careers? I know Vicky's just talked about aviation. Obviously, she doesn't work there now. Um, and kind of what you enjoyed, how you managed career changes from your first jobs that we just talked about. So between my um, first degree and my master's, I had um, a year's gap, and I used that time to save up the money for the master's. And during that time, I worked for what was then the Nature Conservancy Council, now is the Environment Agency, and that was sort of mapping protected species and doing work that was very much related to my degree. And then, as I said after um, previously, after my master's, I um, applied to a scientific consultancy company to try and get a job, and they ended up employing me for two and a half years. And I really enjoyed that job because because although it was completely unrelated to my degree, um, I was working with people, I was helping students and graduates as well as older people get jobs uh, and it was just exciting. Um, it was a bit of a completely different world and it was a very small family business um, and that was uh, a new and eye-opening experience as well to work for a smaller company. But after two and a half years I was sort of feeling like I really wanted to get back to the area that I studied. So I then um, applied for and I got a job in Walsall in the West Midlands um, for um, South Staffs Water. And I actually worked in their engineering department in an environmental capacity because most of their water supply comes from aquifers and boreholes and it was my job to make sure that any planning applications that came into their designated supply area wouldn't contaminate the um, existing water supplies. So I think that's about three different careers. I then had 10 years out to have children and raise them and then when I went back to work after that, um, Everything had changed technology-wise, and um, I sort of I did a bit of part-time computing to bring my skills up to speed when the youngest children went off to nursery, and then I saw a job with the magic words which said part-time term time only, and I applied <laughs> for it, and it was in a and it was in a career service in another university, and um, and then once I started working with something totally different, just because it fitted in, I absolutely loved it. Trained as a careers consultant got my teaching qualification at the same time in higher education and progressed to where I am today at Lancaster University. So that's probably about five in total. That's interesting, five. Yeah. Sorted. Five <laughs> on the average. <laughs> Um, so for me, when uh, obviously I started off as a research assistant at UCLan on working on a project looking at why that university had such a high dropout rate, because at that stage they were losing around 26% of their students every year, which is a huge number. Um, so the project I was working on was a um, higher education funded um, project. And it was fantastic because I got to work with students from the application stage and then we tracked their experience all the way through to graduation. So it's longitudinal study over four or five years. Um, and it was a really good project in the sense we weren't just researching why they were dropping out, we were actually looking for solutions to put in place to help the student experience. And the results at the end of it um, were really quite impressive and it was good to see that we had actually made a difference with the research we'd undertaken. 
But at that stage, I kind of felt I'd done as much as I could in that role. I had had the opportunity to do a PhD at that stage and I didn't take it. Um, the reason being that I was on, because it was a funded project, my contract was renewed around every 18 months and I felt there was a, a likelihood that my contract wouldn't be renewed, but I'd be still doing the same PhD. And at that stage, it just seemed probably like too much hard work, so I didn't bother with it. Um, but then the opportunity came up at Lancaster University to um, look at their graduate destination data to work with careers and to look at how we can hands, uh, could enhance um, student prospects on graduating. Um, so I came here back in 2006. I think my intention was probably to stay a couple of years, but I'm still here now. And in that time, um, my job title has changed, I think, four or five times. So I'm still here, but the role has changed significantly during that time. It's interesting to see how, like, even having the same job, being in the same role, actually your role changes a lot. And I think that's quite common within roles. Um, so it's something to consider, I think, for your future careers as well. So, I spent, as I said, having started on the info desk in Heathrow in Terminal 2, I was there for about 18 months, and then I spent the next kind of eight years or so having gotten my promotion away from the ugly uniform, <laughs> and working in what we called operational solutions, and then project solutions. So I worked essentially in Heathrow and Gatwick, and then I went back to Heathrow to Terminal 5, just as it was being built. So it was all about kind of the passenger experience and making sure that it worked as efficiently and effectively as it could. Once we opened Terminal 5, I kind of was feeling like, you know what, I've done everything that there is to do, really. We've just opened, you know, the biggest new terminal that's ever going to happen in, certainly at Heathrow. So I wanted to do something different. And it's a little bit cliche sounding, but I wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful, in inverted commas. So I decided that I would take redundancy from um, what was BAA at Heathrow then and use the money to do a master's degree to kind of as a bit of a career pivot. I did my master's at Sheffield in management and sustainability and from there I got my first job working, running a small social enterprise for the Wildlife Trust in Sheffield called Wildscapes and I'm really wishing that I'd known Sarah at the time because we're always looking to meet people like Sarah who we do ecological consultancy for. So I had no idea you had that background, so no, me neither. Yeah. hours and hours of things that we could have been talking about all this time. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, having done my master's, I spent about four years as a chief exec of this social enterprise for the Wildlife Trust, and from there I took a job at, their, at the Wildlife Trust kind of central office as a national campaign development manager, so it sort of shifted from business management into more kind of national campaigning, and at the end of that job, there's an awful lot of jobs in the, the third sector are fixed-term contracts, obviously Diane's already mentioned that, in her experience but at the end of that contract I decided to take the plunge and go freelance so I then decided that basically I would just offer my services to the contacts that I had up and down the country at different wildlife trusts, different small businesses and basically become a kind of freelance project manager and at the same time as doing that there was the, a call from Lancaster to say oh we're looking for alumni to volunteer their time to mentor second years so I sort of stuck my hand up to do that and then very quickly that turned into a phone call saying oh actually the marketing department are looking for somebody who will kind of commit one or two days a week now having first of all you know loving Lancaster because it was my uni and wanting to spend some more time there but also having recruited a lot of grads in Wildscapes I was really interested in how 
they're typically not necessarily that workplace ready. So I was really keen to kind of get into that space to help graduates understand what they would be walking into so they could get working more effectively faster. And so that kind of started as one day a week, slowly over the course of five, almost six years now, has turned into basically a full-time job. And all the other kind of freelance stuff that I was doing has all disappeared and my hours have just grown at Lancaster. So that's kind of how I'm there. So I think that makes me on career number three. <laughs> you got but I'm quite happy here now, actually. I'm not sure that I can be, I'm not sure I can face another two changes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so out of all those ones that you've done, have you got any favourites or ones that you kind of were really thankful that you took the step? Or ones that you were like, man, that was not a good choice, or that was a boring job or something? Um, I honestly can say, hand on my heart, I've loved all of my jobs. But I think, sort of in response to Hannah's question, um, I think actually taking the plunge, um, I had to geographically relocate for the job in um, South South Water in the West Midlands. I did my Master's in Ecology um, in North Wales. And then I moved up to um, Lancashire and worked at the Universities of Cumbria, UCLan, and now Lancaster. And I think what I would say is, um, don't be daunted by moving geographically. Um, the support for new starters these days uh, and in the past is absolutely amazing. And um, it, the, people, the people you work with have really helped me enjoy all my jobs very much. So I haven't got a, a favourite or a least favourite, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, I think for me, that initial research assistant role was something that stands out because if it hadn't been for that, I probably wouldn't be working in HE now. So um, the title itself, research assistant, it sounds like you're going to be helping somebody else and it doesn't actually say what the role is because there was nobody else working on the project. It was just me. So it's that opportunity to kind of develop all those um, skills of being organised, setting out the project myself. There were so many opportunities within that one role and... Um, if I hadn't have done that, then I don't think I'd be in the position that I'm in now. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's maybe look beyond the actual job title and, and the description and see what actual schools you can gain from those roles. Mm, interesting. I think from, from mine, there's a couple of highlights and lowlights. So I, as much as I kind of laugh about my very unglamorous job on the info desk in T2, I, you know, I loved it for the first year because it was just so much fun and it was so... You know, no day in an airport was was the same. It was, I mean, it was ridiculous and crazy and just highly entertaining. And so, you know, I would always say, don't underestimate what you would learn from a job that actually doesn't sound like it is particularly, like, how can we put this, deserving of a graduate. I learned an awful lot on that job. And actually, the, the experience that I built up having been on the shop floor at the airport really helped my reputation and, and my credibility later on in project teams because there's no point you know building a new terminal if you don't understand how you're going to operate it so having people who had served their time at the coalface was really important so i think as much as i kind of you know derided myself i think it was a really key part of my career the i suppose the main low light of my career was the shift into the the charity sector as a as an overall experience it was really positive but I remember a friend of mine saying who was a recruitment manager for a big corporation called Cargill at the time and she said oh don't don't go work in the charity sector the office will be awful (laughs) and it absolutely was so I'd gone from working in what wasn't necessarily that exciting and glamorous a location at Heathrow but into what was a converted church and when I say converted what I mean is they'd really just put some staircases in and some desks so it was very cold very unpleasant and 
it's weird when you think about the implications an environment has on people's work ethic. I'd gone from working in a team that was literally working about 16-hour days trying to get Terminal 2 open to working for a, an organisation that I assumed would have the same kind of ethic being in the charity sector, but not really. So that was a massive culture shock for me going from you know the corporate sector into the charity sector. Once I kind of adjusted to my new working environment, once I put away all the flash heels and little dresses and you know all the kind of very corporate looking work outfits and kind of adjusted my expectations a little bit I you know I really did get a lot out of that job but it definitely was a bit of a culture shock I have to say. Interesting so looking back you've talked about your careers and what you've done looking back if you could think about your 21 year old self as you were just graduating what would you tell them if you could meet them now? I think I would tell myself a couple of things. I think the first thing is I would say um, don't expect just to enjoy a job that's related to your degree discipline. Um, when I was studying it never occurred to me to work in an area outside um, environmental science and ecology um, and that's sort of really why I started off with the Nature Conservancy Council and then went on and did my masters and then tried to get something in that field um, through the recruitment agency. But the reality is I've had a really wide variety of jobs and I've really enjoyed all of them. So I think that would be the first thing to say is, you know, consider other areas um, and, and, and be open-minded about it. And then I think the, the other thing I would say is um, I think a lot of people are nervous about relocating for a job. And I was very nervous when I did it, but it absolutely made me more confident um, in the long term and it opened up so many opportunities. And the third thing I would say to my 21-year-old self in the workplace is, don't just go into a job, if, even if you're shy, if you can avoid it and, tr and not talk to people or be worried about talking to people more senior than you. You get so much more out of a job if you can just um, be a little bit confident to talk to your colleagues, talk to senior people. It just makes the workplace really enjoyable. And people who are managers, they welcome conversations and input from e absolutely everybody. And so just seize the day and, and do that if you can. Nice. Um, I think there'd be two things. When I finished my MA, my tutor, my um, lecturer suggested that I apply for a job at Manchester, which I went for, and it was the worst interview ever. It, the job was not a good fit. I had one of those out-of-body experiences where you think, who's that idiot talking rubbish and realise it's yourself? Um, and when I finished that interview, I just despair set in because I thought, what am I going to do? And funnily enough, it was on my way home. Um, I picked up a copy um, of The Guardian and the job for UCLan was advertised in there. Um, and I applied for it and at this stage I'm thinking well after that experience I'm, I'm not optimistic and, but it actually all worked out so I think even when things look really bad then um, it's only for a matter of time and things will definitely pick up and the second thing is I wish I'd done that PhD when I had the opportunity <laughs> so what it might seem like a hassle at the time actually it was going to be funded um, I was going to be able to collect the data while I was working so it's so when some things look like it might be a little bit hard work or it's not worth it actually think through because you might not get that opportunity in that form again Right. So I've been thinking really hard about this one because the, I suppose the message that I have for my 21-year-old self, and this I don't know how far this is, like a million miles off our Lancaster message, but my advice to me would have been just calm it down, you're not that special. I arrived <laughs> at the info desk in Heathrow going, hey, I've got a degree, I speak a language, I am going to be climbing that career ladder within 15 minutes. And I arrived on my first day and turned around and went, oh, everyone has a degree. Oh, everyone speaks like three languages. Oh, right. Okay. So, hmm, that's interesting. So I got a bit of a 
shock to be honest when I arrived in the workplace because I was really expecting amazing things really quickly and I think my advice is the fact that actually these you know your ambitions everything that you want absolutely is achievable but it takes time and it takes hard work so it's remembering that that transition from you know from GCSE to A levels from A levels to university you're still kind of going through that transition process into the workplace so I think you have to remember that you still have to knuckle down, you still have to put the hours in, and your professional reputation is based on results and delivery and commitment, not just the fact that you kind of, well, certainly I went marching in going, hey, I've got a degree from Lancaster, and loads of people didn't even know where Lancaster was. <laughs> I was working in such a kind of international workforce that literally hardly anybody knew where Lancaster was. And so I think, you know, it sounds really brutal, but yeah, you know, it, you just have to keep working hard. And I think the other thing I would say is, you know, as, as Diane and Sarah have already said, that message of don't be afraid, I think that's really important because I was, I had a great career for, you know, sort of 10 years in aviation and I totally spun itself on a head to go into third sector environment um, sector. And then, of course, I'm now in HE and I think it's recognising that there doesn't have to be a massive long-term plan. As long as you enjoy what you're doing day to day and you feel like you're in the right place and you have great colleagues and a nice place to be and you feel like you're adding value, I think that's what matters. Having these you know, great sweeping career plans isn't necessarily the thing that works in, in the kind of market these days. You know, For me, it's always about possibly what's next, but I, I would probably say to myself, just enjoy what you've got while you've got it and stop getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Cool, and I think they're really good top tips uh, for any graduate, whatever their stage is, and um, whatever your stage is when you're listening. Um, have you got any more top tips, anyone? Use the career service. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was a student, I was a student at Lancaster, and I hardly ever used the career service, and I think I'd have been so much better off if I had it done. I was the same, Hannah, you know, I, it's one of those things that I think we have come on light years in terms of understanding what students need what employers need the way that the services are structured now are completely different from when I was there as well and you know I think you'd be hard pressed to to come to a careers appointment and feel like you haven't got the support and the the kind of resources at your fingertips that you need but you do have to pitch up and make use of it <laughs> definitely I, I think one of my top tips would be um I think there's a danger of equating career success with both salary and perhaps sort of climbing the managerial ladder and I learned a really valuable lesson when I used to work at a different university and I worked with a colleague who was incredibly bright, incredibly capable um, and could have gone on to manage people and been a leader and um, and one day I said well why why haven't you done that and she said well I just love what I actually do, I love, the, I love working with the students, I like collecting the data that I collect that's what I really enjoy and so I kind of absorbed that partly but it's only since sort of 10 years on from working with that lady and having sort of gone through um, management roles myself which I really love but I also thoroughly understand why they're not for everybody and my top tip would be don't feel pressurised to earn a, a high salary and don't feel pressurised to, to be a manager if it's not for you because success is actually 
going into a job that you love every day and not noticing mm. that you've just put 10 hours in and you're not in a rush <laughs> to get home. And and success is also about having a work-life balance, you know, that enables you to do other things mm. without feeling pressurised to, to do work stuff when, mm. you you know, you've already put those 10 hours in. So um, I would say there's so many different jobs out there these mm. days. Just follow your heart, get advice, and... Um, and success for you is being happy. It's not just about um, progressing upwards mm. and upwards and upwards at, at the cost of, of other things. Great one. Um, yeah, this is really echoing what Vicky's already said, but it's just being realistic about, about the job that you're in because there are going to be some days when you're stuck doing mundane, boring things. <laughs> and um, that's just kind of just part of, of uh, work, isn't it, really? Um, so even... As Vicky said, you might have a fantastic degree um, and you know be highly motivated, but there are some days where you've got to be realistic that it's going to be a boring few hours and you've just got to get through that and that. So it's almost like don't worry too much, don't put too much pressure on yourself to think you should be doing something high-flying all the time. And I suppose on the flip side of that, actually, is Diane's absolutely right. But on the flip side of that is most jobs, if not all, are what you make it. And if you go, if you're yeah. on a job and you think of something, you think, you know, we could do this differently, should I suggest it? The answer is absolutely yes. And and even better, not only suggest a change, but offer to either input into it or lead it. Because it will challenge and stretch you. And that's that what keeps jobs exciting and, and knows that you're in the right job. Great. We're just having a fire alarm. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today um, in Get That Grad Job. Our fire alarm's not stopped, so we can carry on. Um, but thanks for joining us today. Um, we'll be having another podcast in a few weeks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.